Crushcasm, the podcast dedicated to the highs and lows of crushes. From their first to their worst, we're going to cover them all with a cascade of characters, including our guest today, Michael Myers' biggest stand, Amanda Kohlhofer, a girl mom, podcaster, <laughs> and wine-loving movie addict who's here to talk not only about her show and other podcast ventures, but also her lifelong crush on the, the most recent man to play the Dark Knight, Ben Affleck. Amanda, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm COVID negative as of yesterday. Yay! It was a pretty boring bout, but you know, glad. glad I know. <laughs> I'm now I'm in the the club. Yeah, I'm glad that you didn't like feel super terrible. Um, I'm still COVID negative. I think it's just an upper respiratory infection, but bad timing. So <laughs> yeah, I know. Anything in the last couple of years, you're like, uh oh, oh no. <laughs> So, especially when I'm traveling so much, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah go yeah. away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I really thought you were going to pick Ralph Macchio, but lo and behold, one of the biggest names in Hollywood is your crush. And you first saw him in a little movie called Mallrats. And I actually just watched that for the first time. So, I'm glad to say that that's not where your crush started. <laughs> but, no, it is not. <laughs> with that movie in mind, were you shocked to see Ben Affleck go on a couple years later and win an Oscar? I was. Uh, Good Will Hunting was a really good movie, and I think it was pretty special that him and Matt wrote that movie and everything at such a young age. Um, but yeah, seeing Mallrats, I was like, that guy's not going anywhere. He's such a douche. <laughs> yeah, he's like downright awful in that movie, but you were not alone in 1998 when Armageddon just swept the world away. Was it more the character of A.J. Frost or Ben's performance that made you rethink crushing on the guy from Mallrats? Well, I think it... As far as Armageddon goes, it was the performance, but then every performance after that, he has, he just has this quality of like, obviously he's very attractive, but I don't think he's like the hottest guy in Hollywood, but he's so funny and quirky and relatable and just like, seems like a regular dude, you know? Um, Obviously AJ's character was like amazing, but Oh, he made me cry so hard. And I was like, any actor that can cry like that and make me cry like that, I'm like, oh, my heart. Did you immediately, like, leave the theater and hit Blockbuster and rent everything he had ever done up until that point? You know, I didn't. I should have. Well, I owned Mallrats on VHS, so I went back and watched it, and I was like, man, that's the same guy. <laughs> I know. It's, it's hard to believe. And also, like, back then, it was 1998, the internet was still fairly new. I didn't have the internet till 2005. So when it came to crushes, okay. I couldn't like Google anything about them until I went off right. to college. Were you like, like, did you get to learn anything like about him other than his movies? Like we had magazines, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that was all I had. Anytime I could hear this, like if I was watching TV, oh, Ben Affleck's going to be on such and such show. I would make sure I saw it and, you know, any magazines. I, I hoarded any magazine that he was in until, you know, the internet was a thing that I didn't need to do that anymore. Um, but yeah, for sure. Anything I could get my hands on, I was like, I need to learn more about Ben. I know magazines were such a, a crush currency back in the day. I had anything and everything Backstreet Boys were on, I had mm-hmm. in my possession. And thankfully, my mom would buy all that 
for me as a as a child. She she spent way too much on my crushes. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, who didn't want Teen Beat and whatever all the Tiger Beat and all that mm-hmm. stuff? Like, was the best. Mm-hmm. And and more than Affleck, he's not on my crush list. I can see why he'd land on so many other people's lists because he embodies that like good old American boy, very Abercrombie handsomeness. Mm-hmm. Would you say like a majority of your crushes? fall into that category I think it's kind of split I think a lot of my crushes are like that or a lot of them are bad boys which we kind of covered on my show talking about our TV crushes I I really like a, a good boy who is you know loves his family and loves his wife and kids and wants all that stuff but I also really love a bad boy that just wants to be tamed (laughs) I mean Dylan McKay is like my other one or Luke Perry you know so it's that obsession with wanting to fix them or thinking you could be the one to do it yes (laughs) which I now realize is stupid as a 44 year old (laughs) woman but you know when you're a teenager you don't know that yeah but I mean even today with some crushes I'm like but I could be the one I can change him. (laughs) I mean, movies make you think that is possible. So let's blame the movies. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh, I was just, if you look at the movie Bounce, which people hate, but I secretly love, um, you know, Ben plays a lot of these roles actually where he is a kind of a bad dude and then is turned into a good dude, even in um, Jersey Girl and Bounce. And, you know, he plays. A surviving Christmas. I don't know if you've seen Surviving Christmas. It's one of my favorites. So he has a good knack for playing that character, I think. So you could be the one to change Yeah. I, <laughs> oh, the believe me. <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> Do you think there are any qualities in Ben Affleck that you feel maybe your husband has? Yes, I do. Um, I think the sense of humor and the, you know... Even like facial structure is kind of similar. Sometimes I'll look at him and think like, hey. Um, but yeah, I think I think the sense of humor and just like the way he's kind of, you know, can tell a story really well. You know, he he's a good storyteller and so is my husband. So I think they have that in common. Okay. So I often think we do end up kind of like, if we take all our crushes, form them into one, that has to be sort of who we end up with, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, well, there's crushes that you have, like, you know, a heart crush on, and there's crushes that it's just like, okay, let's smash and move on. And I have plenty of those that don't resemble my husband at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, my husband looks nothing like Jeffrey from Bel Air, but... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or Idris Elba. My husband looks nothing like Idris Elba. <laughs> oh, he's, he is gorgeous. Yes. He's the and reason I had to watch Oh, no. But he's so mean in the office. I know he really is but I do love when he's like I am aware of the effect I have on women (laughs) are you are you really (laughs) oh god but Kelly had it Kelly yes yes Charles you wanted me (laughs) yeah yes (laughs) did you watch him in no good deed um no no no. the last common beast you should see that um Taraji P Henson is in it and it's basically like a home invasion movie and he's an escaped criminal he he plays the bad guy very very well he's chilling <laughs> oh that's not i i also had to check that out they like those kind of movies i do remember yeah it's it's good and i mean taraji p too i mean yeah 
<laughs> yeah. So this is like a lifelong crush that's been going on for you for like almost a quarter of a century. And for me, my lifelong crushes stem from the nostalgia I have in my heart when I think about like the first time I saw them perform or on TV. Would you say that's like part of the reason Ben's like on your crush roster? Yeah, I think so. I think that, I mean, obviously I'd had, you know, crushes and like I'd say, okay, well, Luke Perry, I've always had it, but I feel like and this sounds so stupid but I feel like Ben Affleck like came along at a time where I was just going into college and you know had gone through a bad relationship and was just like I really like this guy and then I would start watching him in interviews and fortunately or unfortunately his private life has been very public so you've seen you know all this all the relationships he's gone through and all the you know alcohol and drug struggles and everything and I'm just like I, I want to help him. I wish I could be there for him. He just needs the right person. And so, yeah, I think, I think it's a mix of being young and stupid and, and just thinking I want a guy like that. He's just so nice and relatable and endearing. Speaking of that, like his personal life and everything, I think when you have a lifelong crush and it lasts so long, like me with Backstreet Boys, like they're human, they're going to make mistakes and make these wild yeah. headlines. Like, has there ever been a moment with Ben Affleck where you saw a headline or something he said in an interview where you thought maybe this could break the crush? I think when I saw stuff uh, saying that he cheated on Jennifer Garner, that really was like, man, come on. And, you know, I, who knows if it's true or not? I wouldn't be surprised. But because I really every relationship he was in, I was like, ew. When I saw that video of him rubbing JLo's butt and all, I was like, ew. And of course, now they're married. But when he got with Jennifer Garner, I was like, this is what he needs. And they have this beautiful family and these beautiful kids. And I was like, man, don't break my heart like that. And he went and broke it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I did like him with Jennifer Gardner. I think they were a good Hollywood couple. I think so, it made too. Sense. It made sense. But what did you think about when he stepped into the role of Batman? Because that was very controversial online. It was. I I liked it. because I think my favorite Batmans are the ones that are a good Batman and a good Bruce Wayne. And not many of them pull that off really the only ones I can think of are Michael Keaton and Christian Bale. All the other ones are either a good Bruce Wayne but not a good Batman or vice versa and I thought he was both. Um, and he worked really hard. He really bulked up. I mean, is he my favorite Batman? No. I, you know, but it's an impossible role to step into and I I will applaud anybody that does it even if they don't do it well. <clears throat> George Clooney. <clears throat> but... <laughs> so where would you rank him like top three? top five top ten a lot of people have been Batman. so we did top five batmans on the sip list um it actually hasn't aired yet and i didn't put him in my top five um so i I would probably put him at like six okay he's he's a runner-up yeah yeah he's an honorable (laughs) mention In his career, he has done, like, so much. He's done dramas, the comic book movies, the blockbusters, the thrillers, and even comedy, which, again, first saw him in Mallrats. What do you think it says of his, like, character that no matter how big he's gotten, even after winning the Oscar, all the press from his personal life, he's never too busy for Kevin Smith after all these years. He always jumps back in there. I mean, I I think they kind of owe each other. You know, he was in Jay and Silent Bob and Mallrats, and they kind of came up with him, and I think Kevin Smith has done a lot of things for him. And so, you know, he even jokes in that in Jane Silent Bob, he's like, or you have to show it because, you know, you owe somebody, wink, wink. You know, I, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but when 
Jersey Girl came out, it was, which I don't think anybody's even seen this movie, but it was, it was filmed while him and J-Lo were together, but by the time it came out or was about to come out, they were no longer together. There was a wedding scene and there was like more scenes with the two of them and Kevin Smith cut all that out. He only kept like the meeting of them and her having the baby and her dying because it was important to the story. He didn't have to do that. He could have he could have marketed off that, you know, oh, they're no longer together. Let's watch this wedding scene. But he didn't. So to me, that says he's a good dude. And if you can find a friend in that business, you should stick with them. Yeah, it's just such a strange friendship. Like on the outside, on the surface, they don't seem like they'd be friends because he's so like Hollywood. And Kevin Smith's like, I'm going to wear these jerseys and shorts for the rest of my life. Even though, like, I... I want him to get a makeover so bad. Like, <laughs> you lost all yeah. that. You, like, dress debonair for one. Just I one. know. Well, maybe if you... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say maybe Ben Affleck can, like, give him his Taylor's number. <laughs> yeah, church him up a little bit. If you watch interviews with Ben or any of, like, the... I mean, the specials that they... Like, even the ones with J-Lo, which obviously a lot of it's orchestrated. But if you watch him in interviews, he really does seem like a laid-back, regular guy. Now, he's a Hollywood star, so I'm sure he's a bit of a prima donna. But he just seems like a guy you could just go have a beer with at the local pub and, like, not think anything of it. So... Whether that's true or not, that's the impression I get from him, and so I can see why he would be buddies with someone like Kevin Smith. Maybe Kevin Smith's a genius. Yeah, I mean, and he's he's such a good fan. I like that he is a fan of things. Like every time a movie mm-hmm. drops, and he's like he's like crying over movies. Like he's amazing. yeah. I saw him. Yeah, they did like Haley Fest where they like have the cast and. Um, creators of like tv shows come and do panels and he hosted the cw one with all of like the um like arrow and the flash and stuff and he was such a great moderator at that because he actually liked the shows that's awesome okay. he is he is a funny dude and just you know it's nice to hear him talk when you watch jay and silent bob and you're like oh hey <laughs> this guy is actually really intelligent mm-hmm. and well-spoken that Jason used. That's one of my questions. But yeah. <laughs> this question comes from my husband because my husband's a bit, he, I told him what we're talking about today. And he is also an Affleck fan. So he wanted to know if you think he is a better director or actor. I, I would still say I think he's a better actor, but I think he's a, a very, very good director as well. I, I would say it's really close, but again I'm partial to him as an actor and his performances but the movies he's directed have been fantastic in my opinion so yeah, that's a tough telling, one yeah, he was telling me that like there, there's some rumor mill that he might be directing something for DC so that might be exciting excited to see well that. so I don't know if, if you, you probably do because you're like a superhero comic book fan but that him and Gal Gadot and who's the other one Oh, I can't remember now. I mean, they're gearing up to sue Warner Brothers because they were locked into contracts. Like, he was supposed to play Batman. He was supposed to direct a Batman. So that may be what that is. She was supposed to play Wonder Woman more. Oh, there's one other person in that. Momoa? And basically, they're... Um, Probably not. He has a poor man I don't think it's Momoa. I'll have to look at it. I just read about it the other day. But basically, they had to... The, their lawsuit claims that they lost out on revenue because they turned down other roles because they were locked into this contract and now they're not getting the movies they were promised. So 
Oh, it's maybe man. That is who it is, Henry Cavill. Thank you. <laughs> See, that I knew you'd know. Yeah, but I think I think he's. I think Henry Cavill's gonna be okay. He's a yeah. <laughs> I think they'll all yeah. be okay. Maybe not Gal Gadot, but I think the other two will be okay. Gal Gadot is my number one female crush. I would divorce my husband for her. Mine I would feed her grapes and brush her hair. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's Olivia Wilde, but my girl got problematic this year. Uh, yeah, I don't. I can't like her anymore because I love Jason Sudeikis so much. Sorry. The, the drama. Oh my god. Oh, the I, drama. Oh god. I know my girl. I was like, girl, we're gonna have to do a counseling. Me and my girl crush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let me help you out, sister. <laughs> that whole thing was wild. But which, speaking of, do you get enthralled in like the personal life of like your crushes, like celebrity crushes, like Ben Affleck? Are you like reading everything, or do you try to like stay clear a little bit? Mm, no, I try to read everything. <laughs> um, I really be. And it's not that I believe everything I read. It's that I get more captivated by the real stories, like you know. Jennifer Garner driving him to rehab even though they're divorced like that's that's true like love or companionship or friendship or whatever you want to call it and so I think those kind of stories are important instead of you know oh look at Ben Affleck he's in rehab again he can't be saved blah 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 well he can be and it it shows that he's got people in his life that care about him and you know hopefully I, I read everything so that I can hope he's on the up and up like I hope him and J-Lo really do last, and but I don't know. We'll see. Were you surprised that him and J-Lo got back together? I was very surprised, and my heart kind of broke for Jennifer Garner a little bit because clearly that flame never went out. For it to happen <laughs> that fast, I mean... Yeah, for sure. And, and I also think they split up because of the media attention and not being able to have any privacy, like maybe they are meant to be together and it's just the way the world was they couldn't live any sort of a normal life yeah they've, I mean, they've kept it more under wraps this time but um, i gotta say i just don't see them together because a couple months ago on twitter i saw this viral tweet naming celebrities that were sort of nightmares and j-lo's name came up a lot because there was yeah. all these stories that every time j-lo and ben are out he's like tipping the servers and all the wait staff very well and she will go around that they're just storing allegedly and take the tips back but you know Shut i guess up. that these i mean allegedly allegedly like right. she's a monster and he's the saint so i'm like i guess maybe this is an opposites attract that's very extreme maybe, maybe. <laughs> i'm just like mm. maybe yeah those i mean i could see that also- maybe not that scenario but i could see I get the feeling that she's a diva. I watched that, um, I don't know if you watched that documentary about the Super Bowl performance with her and Shakira. Um, and she tried to really, basically she was pissed off that, and I don't blame her. If it was a man, like let's say it was Usher, he would have gotten the entire, whatever it is, 12, 15 minutes. But they, since it was a woman headlining, they made two women do it and they had to split it. So I see her beef with that. But it came across as that she didn't think Shakira was good enough to share a stage with her. Hmm. So that that could be interpretation. And I would have been mad in that scenario about not getting the full time. Like, I completely understand that because it's what happens to women all the time. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, but I don't know. It just kind of seemed like she thought she was too cool for anybody else. So 
I've also heard that J-Lo is an industry plant. This is a conspiracy theory I saw. Oh, no. It was like Tommy Mottola was so mad at Mariah Carey after the divorce. He is the Mm -hmm. one that fluffed J-Lo out and like made her what she was just to get back. And I guess that's why Mariah always was like, I don't know her. Yeah. My favorite theory. (laughs) That's a good one. Um, I am very upset and anxious about her doing this Whitney Houston tribute. For oh. her to even make the statement, I I feel like her songs fit my vocal range. No, honey, no. <laughs> and why doesn't somebody tell her? Like the, I, she's a she's a great performer. She's not a bad singer. I enjoy her music. You are not Whitney Houston, ma'am. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't know who told her that was okay. Is this going to be on the Grammys? I think so. Yeah. Oh. Which is the biggest stage? Like, what are you doing? It's like those people on American Idol, yeah. like, you know, the, the She Bangs guy or any of them that go on. And it's like, nobody through that process in their family or life thought to tell them, hey, this might not be the route for you. Like, yeah, her trying to do Whitney is, it's courageous of her. <laughs> we'll say that. I, I said, I want to know whose idea that was. Like, like I mean, anybody else was busy? <laughs> did, yeah, Jennifer Hudson and Kelly Clarkson. I mean... <laughs> I mean, J-Lo is like, I mean, I could sing you a J-Lo song at karaoke better than I think. Yes. She's going to be with If J-Lo wasn't in the picture and your lovely husband wasn't in the picture and you and Ben could be together, like say you met 2000, you know, after two years after Armageddon, you met him, swept you off your feet, you were together today. What do you think your lives would be like? I would hope it would be kind of like his life with Jennifer Garner, only without the divorce and the cheating drama. Like, we'd have a couple of kids. Maybe I wouldn't be, you know, a famous actress, but I'd somehow I'd have to somehow be involved in the industry because I couldn't be apart from. To me, that would be the hardest thing is being apart from your spouse so often. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, maybe I'd be as like makeup artist or something. <laughs> I don't know. I'd, I'd hope we'd be happy and may, maybe I could get him out of acting and he could just be directing and producing and we'd have a nice house in the hills and raise a couple kids and some dogs. Very like, that's a good life. Sometimes people <laughs> like, <they're> like oh. <laughs> well, we talked about Ben, so let's talk more about you. Uh, you kicked off the sip list a little over two years ago. It was like podcasting something you'd always had in the back of your mind and something you wanted to explore. Actually, no. I had been blogging for a while, and then during COVID, um, it was actually my my cousin. You know, we've been talking about a lot of different stuff, and um, it was like it was after the Oscars. Actually, we were we started doing like, oh, what's your top five favorite, you know, action movie? What's your top five favorite comedy? And we were comparing lists, and then he was like, you know, you should start a podcast. He's like, we have a lot to talk about, and you know, you write well and whatever. He's like, you should start a podcast. So I really have to thank Matthew, my cousin, for that. It was something I kind of toyed with, but not, I was like, no, I can't do that. And this was kind of the first idea out of the gate. Like, let's do lists because I love the list. <laughs> yes, I, I am a huge list maker. I am a very type A personality. So like every day at work, I would have a notepad and I would have a list of everything I needed to do that day. And I would highlight them off as soon as I got them done. And so 
and I and like with pop culture stuff in movies like like we really got into that conversation for like two weeks so well what's your favorite this kind of movie and oh let's narrow it down to this and I was like this is a topic that can never be you you can't do it enough like we have um some friends that also helped me get into podcasting that have a Stephen King podcast um and it's like eventually you can exhaust that Mm -hmm. top top five that won't go away until you decide you're ready for it too because it's it's limitless I didn't want to pigeonhole myself yeah it can like you said it can go on forever you have top five I mean you can have top five coffee flavors anything Mm mm-hmm and I mean, if you're type A, you definitely have thought about your top five everything. I definitely have. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> did Did you listen to like any other shows before you started that you would say kind of inspired the direction you wanted to go? I was a huge listener fan of My Favorite Murder. Um, that was like the number one podcast I listened to. And so I really liked even though because I'm such a control freak I don't technically have a co-host I knew that I didn't want to do it solo like listening to Karen and Georgia and their rapport I was like I definitely need somebody on with me and maybe let's make it different every time or have recurring people so that and just like their camaraderie and the way they talked is how I talk to people so that helped um I listened to that Stephen King podcast, The Overlook, which was, you know, another kind of similar as far as the rapport. I I really wanted mine to be like friendly based, you know, like, like you're just having a conversation with a friend because I think we all missed that a lot during COVID. That is definitely why I started like my husband is immunocompromised, so we just couldn't see anybody, we couldn't be around anybody. So it was like, I miss yeah. people. As, as antisocial yeah. as I am, I did me miss like talking to someone different other than him once in a while. Yeah, I, like, I, I am immunocompromised as well, so I am very with you. Even though I did eventually have to, I had to go back to work after about six weeks, you know, because healthcare. But I was very careful. But we heart we didn't go anywhere because I and I was like, if I get COVID, I don't know what's going to happen to me. And luckily, I've it. never had it. <laughs> My husband's had it twice. <laughs> Oh, wow, in the same house. Yeah, you don't want to roll that dice when you're immunocompromised. But now I think this guy has the best immune system because he hasn't gotten sick since. (laughs) Right? And it's so weird because I usually get, like right now I have this upper respiratory crap. I I get these infections like three to four times a year. I actually went almost through the entire year of 2022 without getting sick. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like, hmm, maybe the COVID vaccine has helped me. And sometimes I wonder if I'm immune to COVID because I've talked to a, le- a lot of other, t- I have type 1 diabetes. Um, and I've talked to a lot of other type 1 diabetics and a lot of them have not had COVID. My <laughs> I was old, like, maybe somehow we're immune. My old roommate is type 1 as well. She got it, but hers was, um, she was fine. Not, not too serious. She got it like 2021 though. So after the big wave, but she's good. Yeah, she's that's cool. good. <laughs> I was just so scared. And and I know that people are like, oh, even my mother-in-law is like, you're a little bit too paranoid. And I'm like, I'm not ready to die. When I get sick, if I, like this thing I have now, most people get over it in three to four days. It'll take me like two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. So knowing my own immune system, I don't want to mess with that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And right out the gate, they were like type one. They were like diabetics, this, this, and this. I mean, yeah. you were in the top, like, top five of a list yeah 
stay home. Um, like, yep. Let's stay home. <laughs> this is easy. Netflix helped. <laughs> yeah. You do like a lot of movie and pop culture based episodes, but you also dive into these like real life topics. You talk women's rights, you cover big trials. What made you want to incorporate those more serious topics on the SIP list? Well, I am a huge social justice advocate. Um, and that was kind of what I did a lot with my blogging. And, you know, I want my podcast to be fun and, and a way to escape. But also, if you have a voice, I, no matter how small, even if I only reach 20 people, I want to share what I think are important opinions and and facts, and you can do with that what you will. And I also have a show that we we talked about sex a lot, and we're actually going to do another one. And for me, that's important. Growing up in purity culture, it's you don't get taught things, and you don't get to discuss what makes you tick and how to do things. And so I, I feel like we need to move past that. It needs to be an open discussion. Whether you're having sex or not, you know, do whatever. If you want to save yourself from marriage, I am all for you if that's your choice. But you should still know what the ins and outs of everything are so that when you do finally do it, it's special. So those kind of things are important to me. And I will try to tackle tough topics occasionally for that, you know. Yeah, and I th- even now, like, we are more open as a culture. But I still think in America, sex is one of those maybe we're not going to talk about it all the time type of things like we're not bringing it up with our families at thanksgiving for some families you know kind of thing so right. i think it's important to just make it normal it's, it's everyone's gonna do it yeah i mean it's our bodies were designed for it and whether you believe in god and that's you know whatever whatever faith or non-faith you have as a scientifically as a human your body is designed to have sex and have pleasure whether it's to procreate or not and there's no reason to not discuss it and you know I went through a lot of relationships where I didn't know how to talk about what I wanted or I was afraid to do what the other person wanted and the lack of communication is such a big barrier um with my daughter we're I talk to her about anything she wants to know I will tell her um, now, sometimes we joke about, oh, we're going to go have sex on the dining room table just to, you know, <laughs> piss her off. But, you know, you don't have to talk about the intimate things you do with your partner to talk about sex. If that's yeah. uncomfortable to you, you can still have conversations about, and, and I want my daughter to know what she's doing before she does it. And if she has questions, I want her to use her voice. And so we have very open dialogue about it. And it's it's not a dirty thing. It's not a bad thing. We need to... Mm-hmm. realize that for sure it's only natural so, I have like, another episode about that coming up too nice I'll check it out <laughs> but for me a big part of wanting to podcast other than the social interaction was because it felt like podcasting was such this like white male dominated field from the guests to mm-hmm. the host and I do feel that being a woman it was just like harder to get your show out there with that, do you feel that it is like a bit biased in podcasting when it comes to being a woman? I I think a little bit. I think women hosted podcasts don't get the full spectrum of attention like male hosted podcasts do. And whether it's an outright bias or it's an internalized bias that you don't know you have, traditionally people take men more seriously. So yeah, I think that's amazing. That that's why you wanted to do that. And I, you know, I am never afraid to speak my mind. You know, I care about people's feelings, but I'm going to tell you how it is. So, 
you know. And I'll say that on my show. If you don't like this, you're listening to the wrong show, and that's fine with me. Don't listen, but I'm going to say what I want to say. <laughs> yeah, my husband is a white male, and he loves, like, comedians, and I was just like, these are just white guys all the time. All the time. <laughs> the, if, and if they did have a woman, the woman was just like, the conversation always just went to something like vulgar that I think they like would never have like a serious conversation with them. Kind of always, for some reason, went to sex, which is fine. But I'm like, you have serious ones too? Like about other things in their life that they've gone through? <laughs> yeah, um, like other stuff is funny. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, that, that was it. But so really quick, I wanted to make a list with you based around Ben Affleck movies since that's what you do so I wanted you to tell me which movie of Ben Affleck is the best when you want to laugh I'm trying to think of one that's mostly led by him because I would immediately go to Jay and Silent Bob but he's barely in that probably Surviving Christmas he is really funny in that movie and when you want to cry oh Bouncer Armageddon easily and when you're when you're just like folding laundry and just need a little a little background noise to fill the void, probably Gone Girl. And to just hit skip on, maybe not his best when put it in a roster. Mm. Oh, definitely Gigli. That movie's terrible. <laughs> I tried real hard to like it because I love Ben so much. It was awful. Then to introduce someone to Ben Affleck who's maybe never seen a single thing he's done. Mm, the Town. That's my favorite movie of his. I think I've only seen Jane Silent Bob of his. I'm not a big, like, movie person, so. Oh. Like, I, I just saw my second Tom Cruise movie this year. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, Gone Girl I, is amazing, and so is The Town. They're, they're both really, really good. I do want to see Gone Girl. I think I already know the twist, but that's okay. Yeah, I knew the it's twist still good. Going uh, the Sixth Sense I just saw in the last couple of years, and I obviously oh. missed, but it was still good. Yeah. And, and actually, for it being a cheesy movie, Bounce, I don't even think it's cheesy. It's very dramatic, but it's a its a very interesting. Basically, he is supposed to go on a plane. Um, the flights are delayed. He meets this guy at a bar. He, The guy needs to get home, so he trades his ticket with the guy so he can have a layover with this girl he met. That guy takes his seat and the plane crashes and they all die. So then he's like going through this downward spiral and then decides to check on the family of the guy and then falls in love with the wife. Oh, this sounds drama. It's and Gwyneth Paltrow's in it and they weren't together anymore. And I still thought they played a really good like she's very homely in it, though. But (laughs) I mean, who cares? But that's just, you know, anyway. I recommend it. It's not an Oscar winner, but I, I think the story is interesting and it kind of makes you think about, you know, what would I do in that situation? Mm-hmm. So, hmm, And on top of the syphilis, you co-host an evening at the movies and you have a couple of other shows in the works. One's music-based and a true crime one. And I'm literally always tired just doing this show. And soon you'll have like four on your plate. Like, are these the only shows you got in the works for now or... You're going to have like, yes, I I think that's about all I can handle. I will say I am unemployed, so I do have more time to at least do the background stuff during the day. Um, But yeah, recording is starting to take up a lot of my evening time. So I'm glad we were able to do this during the day. That makes me happy. Um, But yes, I've Crime Rewind with Shanna. And basically what we're going to be doing is looking at 
obscure cold cases and try to bring some attention to them. She's going to present them to me. I'm hearing it for the first time. We're going to discuss what we think happened. And then we're going to try to get information and put information out there to see, you know, is it crazy to think we could solve a cold case? Sure. But what if we could? Or what if somebody has information, you know, that you just never know. So, and there are plenty of stories that deserve attention that don't get attention. So that's kind of what we're going for. You never know. I mean, did you see that documentary, Don't Fuck With Cats? Yes. Well, yes. I mean, if I ever go missing, they're the people I want. Yeah. I was like, please let the cat people try to find me. They that were some so next level dedication. Yeah. You just like didn't know what you were getting into when you pressed play. And then it was like, okay, I'm in this. What is happening? Yeah. And our first episode will be releasing in a few days. I don't know when this will drop, but the first case we tackle is very interesting because there is so little information like the police they have kept like there's no crime scene information there's no photos there's no reports it's very very tight-lipped but it's a 10 year old case Mm. so release some information so that's we're going to try to get some information and see what we can do part-time sleuths and yep (laughs) you get involved with an evening at the movies because you two you and Casey are co-hosts you just seem like you've been longtime friends for years and years and years as long as you've loved Ben Affleck yeah <laughs> actually we haven't but we so we met um we were both part of the group for the Overlook podcast and um, the guys in the Overlook were helping me get started and Casey was in that group and I posted a TikTok to that group that I made and it was actually me doing the Claire Huxtable speech where she's telling um, uh, Elton about he's like oh I didn't know you you served your husband do you know what I'm talking about yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so I did that as a TikTok and I posted it and he messaged me and then (laughs) we just like hit it off immediately it's it's the most platonic relationship I've ever had with a man like I put that out there I could not be more platonic he would agree with me but we just, we have like the same brain. So when I started the SIP list, he wanted to start the evening at, an evening at the movies. And I wasn't originally technically a co-host, but it just kind of developed that way. I'm not on every episode, but I'm basically invited to every episode. Um, and yeah, we've, I mean, that's the great thing about podcasting. I've made so many friendships albeit online although I met Casey in person for the first time this year so we've known each other or well last year I guess (laughs) Um, but yeah it's just you know we just instantly clicked and I'm happy to be a part of an evening at the movies and it definitely makes him happy so we all deserve that and you got a music-based one what is that one still like in the process and works it's still in the works. Um, it's with Harvey. We've been we've been talking about this for probably about six months. Um, we just haven't ever jumped on it because he's already got two podcast, well, three podcasts really. Um, but it's similar to the SIP list. Um, but it's basically going to be, um, I think we're going to call it "I Made You a Mixtape," and it's basically going to be make a playlist, but we're calling it a mixtape because we're old. Of and we'll do an A side and a B side. And so, like, you know, breakup songs and cheating songs and love songs and, you know, just, again, it's a topic I think there's a lot you could cover. Um, mm-hmm. And I love music. So that should be fun. It's as, as evergreen as making a list, like you said. 
that's one that's definitely gonna be one that I think is gonna be a big old hit because who doesn't love a mixtape? Right. <laughs> I mean, or a mix CD, or even if you want to call it a playlist, it's all the same. But yeah, <laughs> you know, to me, I I grew up making mixtapes. I remember trying to hit record <laughs> while the DJ was still talking over my song, and I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I'm like, please, please, no, 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 play the end, yeah. play the end. Oh, dang it, commercial. Yes, yes. And having to, like, rewind them with the, with the pencil. <laughs> yes, all these kids with their streaming, they'll never know. God, I sound like such an old woman, but it's true. <laughs> Have you seen the video of the, the mom who won't uh, throw away her CDs? Mm-hmm. She's She's well. Her her daughter's like my mom won't get rid of her CDs, and the mom's like, I got rid of my vinyl, and they came back. I'm not getting away. I'm not giving my CDs away. It's really. Funny. I don't blame her. If my mom had kept all her vinyl and I had it now, I'd I'd be, like, it'd be awesome. I I love that vinyl has made a comeback. I've been kind of collecting it before it was cool again, but now the problem is it's so expensive. Um. Yeah. I do have a friend, Brian Colburn. He's the host of Playlist Wars, which they're on a hiatus, but Playlist Wars is kind of similar to what Harvey and I are doing. They have three people. They give you a topic. You make a playlist, and then they let the listeners vote on whose playlist is the best, and they pick 10 songs. But he is an avid CD collector, and, like, for that reason. He's like, he has so many CDs, and I'm like, do you want mine? And I'm like, she's right. Maybe I should have kept all my CDs. I got rid of them all. I have a select. I have a. I'm pretty much a hoarder, but organized. And I have like so many in mine still. They're all in the car because like I just don't hook up anything to the car. So I, all my CDs are in a car in my Backstreet Boy CD case from like '97. Of course. <laughs> and that of course. Garth, I love Garth Brooks, and he's only I think on like. Amazon music so it's like I don't listen to him is through all my Garth CDs yeah it really bugs me that he's not on any streaming Aaliyah wasn't for a while except for the songs that weren't fully hers but I think her family finally yeah on Apple music Mm -hmm. so that bugged me too yeah yeah when when we did our playlist and I had to put the Garth Brooks songs on and I had to pick covers (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's just like god dang it garth but he knew what he wants so uh lastly can you tell everyone where they can find you and all your shows online uh yes so the sip list um and an evening at the movies are on all podcast platforms um the siplistpod.com is where you can find that show um also the i did not make these rankings podcast network um and you'll, you'll find other shows like Crushgasm. Woo! <laughs> um, Shanna and I don't have a website yet, and Harvey and I are still in development. So, um, But for sure, Sip List and Evening at the Movies, you can find we're on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, everywhere. So, Well, Amanda, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about your lifelong crush, Ben Affleck. And everyone, you can find all of Amanda's information below. And until next time, as always, keep crushing it.